Amen. Beautiful. Okay, so today we're going to talk about the wonderful name of Jesus. Amen? Now, there's a lot of meaning in a person's name. Did you know that? It represents his power, his influence, his values, or your values, your nature, your reputation, your attributes, whatever you are is wrapped up in your name. When you think about someone like, okay, I'm, I'm a little older than you all, but Frank Sinatra, what do we think about? Singer. He's a singer, right? Music singer, right? When you think about Elvis Presley, you know, oh yeah, I'm all shook up. You think about something that they did that was famous, right? What do people think about when they think about you? Ay, 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 okay. <laughs> well, let's get on a better topic. <laughs> what about the name of Jesus? What does it mean to you? The Bible says there's no other name in heaven and earth that we can be saved by, but by the name of Jesus. We're saved by the name. We're forgiven by the name. We pray in his name. We are healed by his name. We cast out devils with his name. We have access to the Father in the name of Jesus. We enter heaven by the name of Jesus. It's not by our works, but, but, but because of what he's done and who he is and what his name. So your name tells you uh, uh, what you are about, and it tells us how we feel about him. You know, when you just mention someone's name, it's how you say it in your voice that makes a difference in, in the way you say it. Do you know that? Like, if I said... Mary Ann, that's not good, right? But if I say Mary Ann, right? Did you guys get that? <laughs> Can't you tell when somebody says Jesus, whether they have a relationship with him or not? If they say Jesus, the wonderful name of Jesus, or they say Jesus, and then another word after that, that's not good. They don't have a good relationship. So Jesus, what does it mean? It means Savior of the Lord. S Savior or the Lord is our salvation. He came to save sinners. Where would we be without Jesus? The Bible says in Ephesians 2.12 that we were, when we were without Christ, we were aliens from the commonwealth, strangers from the covenant of promise, having no hope and without God in this world. Did you know that? You thought you were somebody, didn't you? <laughs> you thought when you were born, the, the world started. No, 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 no. The Bible says we were dead in trespasses and sins. But our life changed when Jesus came. Can you imagine our life without Christ? If it wasn't for the Lord, some of us would be beaten up, cut up, strung out, hurting, broken, busted and disgusted, lost, wondering and wandering around, wondering what is our life going to be. But Jesus came and gave us life, gave us meaning, gave us purpose in our lives. When I first got saved, I said, oh, now I know why I was born. It was to serve him, to serve the great one. So to us, Jesus is a wonderful name. It means savior. Now, let me just say this to you. What, what, what is this man that changes our lives so much, this name, this, this Jesus? Who is it that can walk into a room and change it, walk into a town and change it, walk into a situation and change it, walk into a circumstance, walk into a condition and change it for the, this Jesus that we know? The Bible talks about when he did these good works, 
People were amazed, they marveled, and were astonished beyond measure when Jesus did these great works. Who else do you know that leaves you speechless, that takes your breath away, and leaves you amazed and astonished beyond measure? Nobody that I know. Who is this man that moves you to do things that you had never done before? To be something that you never have been before? Who is this person that changes you from the inside out, that you don't desire the things that you, that you used to desire, that you want to live a holy life, give up your sinful life, you want to forget about that lifestyle, and you want to be a good person, a good husband, a good wife, a good neighbor, a good worker? Who is this person that makes you to reach out and help someone? Who is this person that makes you care about others with such deep compassion? Who is this person? His name is Jesus. Who's this person that brings out feelings and emotions that you never thought you had before? Like the woman with the alabaster box who took uh, uh, some costly perfume, a year's wages, and broke it and anointed Jesus' feet with it. Who is this person that would take uh, someone's roof and tear it up so that you could let a friend down that was paralyzed so that Jesus could heal him? Who is this person that visits your house like Zacchaeus and said, I'm going to give half of what I own to the poor? Who makes you do these kinds of things? Who is it when Paul is being beaten and sent down in prison, and instead of complaining at midnight, he rises up and gives praise unto God and to Jesus for the life that he has in him? Who is this person, Jesus is, who moves you and stirs you more than him? Who gives you more fulfillment and completeness more than Jesus? Who is this man that consumes you and, and makes you think about him all the time? Who is this man who takes over your conversation, your thoughts, your dreams, your actions? You can't go to bed without thinking about him. You can't wake up without thinking about him. You'll do anything for him. You'll go anywhere for him. He doesn't have a piece of you, a part of you. He has all of you. Amen? He is the I must, the have to's, and the got to's in this life. He's the person that we serve and live for because one day we're going to see him face to face and say, you are our life. You are our everything. Amen? Who is this person? Name Jesus. Amen? So I talked about, you know, sometimes we just have to say his name. And to hear his name spoken is the most beautiful name in all the world. So let's look at Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. In the Bible it says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. This is God saying and foretelling that there's going to be a Savior that's going to be born into us. And it was a gift of God to us. You ever have a gift that you want to give somebody and you just can't wait to give it to them? And sometimes you spill the beans and you go, oh, I got a watch. Oh. <sighs> and that's what God was doing. He had this great gift, but all throughout the Old Testament, he kept foretelling, I'm going to give you a gift. I'm going to give you this. And if you look at this, there's two different thoughts from two different perspectives. It says, for unto us, a child is born. Just a child in the natural, in earthly uh, circumstance, just a baby. A baby was born to a teenage girl, a peasant girl, and a carpenter a 19-year-old carpenter in a manger, in a stable, not nobility, not, not a big you know, fanfare, just a baby, a goo-goo-da-da baby, you know? And he couldn't talk. He was helpless. He needed Mary and Joseph to 
take care of him, to change his poopy diapers. Okay? I had an uncle that used to tell me that all the time, Richard. He said, I changed your pookie diapers when you were a little boy. I didn't ask you to, okay? I mean, I, I didn't even know I was needed that. <laughs> but, you know, Jesus didn't come talking as a baby, like who's talking with uh, Travolta, John Travolta, you know, that movie where the baby talks? That wasn't, no. It was, he had to learn as he went. And the Bible says he grew and increased in stature and wisdom of God and in favor with God and man. He grew, he increased, just like we have to. Amen? It's an amazing thing that God put all of his person into a baby and believed and trusted that that baby was going to grow up because it had to be done so that we could have salvation. He could live a perfect life to replace what Adam did. Praise God. But so unto us a child is born. Let's see the picture. Just a baby. Someone always, someone mentions, Mary's always dressed in blue. Did you notice that? Mary's always in blue. And Joseph is always in brown. I don't know what that is, you know. He's a carpenter, brown, Mary. Unto us a child is born, and then the next scripture, unto us a son is given. Jesus was given to us as a gift from God. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. What a, what a treasure to give your, your, most tri, you know, your most treasured possession to mankind. For them to beat and to whip and to scourge and to you know, crucify your son. What a terrible thing to have done, right? Jesus didn't want to do it, but he said, not my will, but your will be done. He took the, 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 all the pain, all the punishment. He didn't want to do it. He sweat great drops of blood because he was resisting it. He said, I don't want to do this, to the point that he sweat blood to resist the temptation to step away. Um, but we're going to look at these, uh, these, these five names of Jesus. I think it's on the next slide. No. This was the secret that Jesus was coming, because Andrew first found his own brother Simon and said unto him, We have found the Messiah, which is being interpreted the Christ. Next scripture says, Philip findeth Nathanael and said unto him, We have found him of whom Moses in the law and the prophets did write, Jesus of Nazareth, the Son of God. So they knew he was coming. They were looking for him. They found him. Amen? Okay, so what is Jesus to us, the five names? He is what? Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Pick one or pick all of them. That's what he is to us. So we're going to look at this a little bit. Have you ever been called Mr. Wonderful? Isn't that nice? Let me see. Do we have a Mr. Wonderful up there? There he is, Mr. Wonderful. <laughs> Ladies, you, had a date, you ever had a date with Mr. Wonderful? Yes. How was your date? Oh, it was wonderful. But after you get to know the guy for a while, he's not so wonderful anymore. Have you noticed that? Doesn't return your phone calls. Can't find him. More concerned about how he looks. Doesn't pay his bills. You know, Mr. Wonderful isn't so Mr. Wonderful anymore, right? But, you know, I tried to get a good-looking guy there, and uh, Tyler, who does the slides, said, well, why don't you just put me in there? I said, no, that's it's all right. <laughs> all right. So, uh, but there's a good-looking guy, Mr. Wonderful. But Jesus, he is not... He's going to not let you down, right?
Definition of wonderful is excellent, great, marvelous, as in we had a wonderful weekend. Oh, it was just so wonderful, right? But God is even more wonderful than that. Do you know that? Of a sort that causes or arouses wonder, amazement, and astonishment, the works of the Lord are wonderful to behold. Have you ever had the Lord work in your behalf? His, his works are wonderful to behold. It's almost like you can't imagine how he could be so good at doing it. He does everything so precisely. He handles everything so smoothly, so expertly, proficiently. And you realize that you couldn't have prayed all that into existence. You see him work, you go like, wow. One time we sold my father's uh, condo up in Palos Verdes a couple years back. And it went so smoothly and we got so much money for it above the market price, and everything just seemed to work out. The realtor had to come and say to us, you know, the stars were just lined up for you to, to receive all this. I go, I'll tell you what, I know the guy that made the stars, and, 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 and he's the one that caused everything to work for our good. Amen? <laughs> Praise the Lord. So if you know and enjoy the wonders of his being, he'll show the wonders of his working. He just wants to work. He loves to work in your behalf. When you get to know him and study him and enjoy him, he'll do great things for you. We have a couple of scriptures that talk about that. Skip over top. I mean this guy here. <laughs> next, next, next. Okay. The Lord said to Moses, when thou goest to return unto Egypt, see that thou do all those wonders before Pharaoh. Watch me work. You know, God took pleasure in doing those 10 plagues. You know that, don't you? He enjoyed doing the Red Sea, cross, the, the, the Red sea splitting. He talks about it all in the Old Testament. Didn't I just split the Red Sea? Didn't you see that? Many, O Lord, my God, are thy wonderful works which thou hast done, and thy thoughts which are towards usward. They cannot be reckoned up in order unto thee if, if I would declare and speak of them. There are more than can be numbered. Did you know that? God never gets tired. You, I hear some people say, well, I don't want to bother the Lord. You know, I've asked him so many times. Like, he, he's not, he doesn't get tired of doing miracles and wonders. He likes doing them. It's his, it's his gift. It's his talent. Psalms 107.8, Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Just praise him for his wonderful works. Amen? Spend time with him. Watch how great he is. Okay. Now we're going to... Uh, this is David in battle. Because David took counsel with God. Jesus is a counselor. Is he a good counselor or a great counselor? He's a great counselor, right? Now, there's many types of counselors. There's career counselors, there's marriage counselors, legal counselors, health counselors, psychological counselors, all kinds of counselors, but there's one counselor that beats them all. In fact, you don't even have to tell them the whole story. Just say, Lord, help me. Give me, give me counsel in this area. Praise God. And he's able to tell you things to come. He's able to give you wisdom. He's able to tell you of the future. Not only is he able to tell you the future, he's able to make the future turn out for your good. No matter what you decide, he said, you know, I'll switch everything around and make it work out for your good. You ever experienced that? Praise the Lord. He'll tell you what person to marry. He'll tell you what adventures you should be involved in. He says, I know the plans that I have for you for good and not for evil, to give you a future and to give you a hope. And in Psalms 139, it says, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. And that word made means that he purposed a special destiny for us. He didn't just make you and put you on a shelf and go, okay, we'll see what happens. No, he said, I'm going to purpose you for a specific 
situation, a specific uh, call in your life. Praise God. So that's what David did. He always asked the Lord. Do we ask the Lord when we get up? Lord, what do you want me to do today? What do you want me to do in this situation? How do you want me to act? How, when people offend you and come against you, Lord, how do, you, how do I best you know, defend myself in this? Or do I defend myself at all? Do I say anything or do I just let them speak? You know, there's certain situations where you just hold your peace and let, let God have his way. So the Lord will guide you and direct you along with the Holy Spirit, who is your counselor. Praise God. Okay, here's another uh, type. For I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. So we know he's a wonder worker. He's a counselor. And the third thing is he's a mighty God. Whew! For you and me, a mighty God. Not just a passive God, not just a weak God. He's a mighty God. And you know, when I was growing up, we're talking about growing up, you know, I looked at all the, the, the famous, uh, well, athletes, but also famous heroes. Right? You got Batman, Spider-Man, Incredible Hulk. I, I wanted to be friends with the Incredible Hulk. I don't know. When I was at school and if kids tried to tease me or anything, I said, just talk to my friend, okay? Pop up. Wouldn't you want to have a friend like that? Yeah. You know, you don't have to worry, you know? Don't mess with Chuck. Oh, he got, he got friends, all right? But there's this one guy here. Who wouldn't want Superman on your side, right? Faster than a speeding bullet, more powerful than a locomotive, able to leap tall buildings in a single bound. See, these, these heroes, you know, you girls, you play with dolls and you think about how your future will be. Us guys look at these heroes and think, of oh, these are people that we can be. You know, we, we can maybe grow up and be Superman or be the Incredible Hulk. Maybe some will happen to us because we want to have a mighty God. That's, we have one. All these superheroes are really talking about what God is for us. And the scripture says this. You ready for this? It says, let us come boldly to the throne of grace to obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. And that word in time of need means in the nick of time. In time of need means in the nick of time. You ever been there? You're at the edge. You're at the, you know, you know if, if God doesn't move, you're in trouble. Lord, I need you just in the nick of time. And that's who I used to like. I used to like this guy right here. Next guy. Here I come to save the day. That means that Mighty Mouse is on his way. God is our hero. He can come down just in the nick of time and punch that guy or take care of that situation. And we're delivered. Amen? Who is that? That's, that's Mighty Mouse. She's young. Okay, we know you young people that don't know Mighty Mouse. Never heard of him, right? He's a little guy that used to swoop down and, and hit this big giant pow. So we have to believe that God is able to come through just in the nick of time. Sometimes we paint ourselves in a corner in, in, in a picture where we don't think that we could ever get out. But God says, I can deliver you. I can get you out of this. And I've called upon him many times, and he's a mighty God to me. The, the last two, and I want, I want you to think about these and think about which one that you need for you in your life, in your situation right now. Do you need him to do wonderful works? Do you need him to be a mighty counselor or a mighty God to deliver you? Think about what do you need him for. The everlasting father. To me, this is one of the most unbelievable aspects of God, that he wants us to call him father. Not Almighty God, 
all-powerful, wonder-working. You know, call me dad. Call me father. It's almost like going to England at, and seeing the Queen of England and saying, Your Majesty. And he's, oh, just call me Elizabeth, you know. Or just call me mom. You know? In fact, you know, where do you want to stay tonight? In the palace or in the castle? Where, you know, make yourself at home. Everlasting father. That's what God calls us. The Bible says if it's the Father's good pleasure to give us the kingdom. He enjoys giving us things. My father would give me anything I asked him in the realm of possibilities. He had a giving heart. That's the way he was. So it says, if God has given us his son, how much more freely will he give us all things through Jesus Christ? First John 5 says, behold what manner of love the father has bestowed upon us that we shall be called the sons of God. Do you know that? You're a son. You're, you don't want your kids to be suffering, do you? God doesn't want us to suffer with pain or, or not enough funds or not enough things in our lives. He wants to give us these things, but he wants us to obey and follow him. And the last thing is, he's a prince of peace. Praise God. Prince of peace. What does that mean? That means that you have peace with God and peace of God, right? We have peace with him because he's not mad at us. All of our sins have been washed away. And we have the peace of God to handle situations that we're facing. The Bible says that they that give peace will have peace. So when storms of life come, and one thing I've learned, storms of life are always all around us. Did you know that? You're never going to get to a place where it's just smooth sailing all the way. It may feel, you may be calm in yourself, but there's always tribulation and trouble and water and storms all around us. You just don't want those waters, those storms to get in you. You stay calm and let the troubles be on the outside, just like a boat or a ship. It's okay if they're on the, sh on the water, right? But when the water gets in the ship, then the ship sinks. So it's okay to be amidst trouble because you know God's going to work for your, together for your good. So we're supposed to have the peace of God. The Bible says that we have overcome the world. Be of good cheer. He will give us peace. Praise God. Another place it says, He will give us perfect peace whose mind is stayed on Him. Father, I just thank you that we have all these wonderful names of Jesus available to us. That He is a wonder-working God. That He is a mighty God on our behalf. He's a counselor that guides us and directs us. He's an everlasting father that comforts us and surrounds us with his love. He is the prince of peace. The Bible says if we keep our minds stayed on him, we'll have perfect peace. So I thank you that all these things are available to us. I thank you that we walk in him, we trust in him, we believe that it's true, and we have complete confidence in knowing what God has said, he's able surely to bring it to pass in our lives. So for this, we give you the praise, the glory, and the honor. In Jesus' name, and all agreed, said...